So this time we should all set our hearts on putting in effort. And this effort, the effort that we use to abandon all unskillful states, all unskillful qualities, things which we take to be as papa, papo, and which is harmful, unskillful, demeritorious. So those that have yet to arise, we put effort into their non-arising. So when we chant, when we listen to the Dhamma, when we sit in meditation, then um, we take it that these unskillful deeds, those which create agitation through our body, speech and mind, we're putting effort into abandoning them. So anything which stirs up the mind, that state of mind which is ill at ease, uh, that is uh, this demeritorious mind. And sometimes greed, hatred and delusion can arise with great strength, be very forceful, but we try not to follow them. We don't allow those unskillful states to come out through body or speech. And when we do that, then that means that we're abandoning this uh, papa through our body and speech. But in terms of the mind, we need to rely on a lot of effort there, in trying to bring the mind to a skillful, good, meritorious object. Because there's that delusion in the mind, which is conditioning it, uh, bringing it to think about all kinds of things. So like when we go off to work and we know about many different events, many different issues, and they come into our hearts, and all of those are conventional, they're all to do with me and mine. So when we sit in meditation, we're bringing our minds to stillness and trying to gain some peace there. And what really what we're doing is we're cleaning our hearts and bringing them onto just one object. And we need effort to do that. And this effort to not allow any unskillful states to come up. And those that have come up, we abandon them. So for those that come up, we try to abandon them, but we don't attach to them even though there may be states there which are harmful, which cause agitation. Because if we attach to them as being me, as being mine, and we think that these things are harmful, these are demeritorious, then we may become afraid. So what we need to do, rather, is to bring our awareness here, knowing these things in time, and then abandoning them, abandoning all of these unskillful thoughts, putting our efforts into training our mind, effort into bringing up skillful states, until these become 
these indriyas, these faculties, or those which are in charge, those which have a lot of energy to them. In the beginning it's normal that sometimes there'll be effort there, and sometimes not, and that's because this quality of effort, of energy, or effort is lacking in energy. It's not yet in charge, it's not yet a faculty. It doesn't have that energy to quell these unskillful states. <clears throat> it doesn't have the energy to um, put down these five hindrances that come up in the mind, those unskillful qualities which uh, prevent the mind from gaining peace. So even though these do come up into the mind, we don't act through them, we don't speak through them but rather we try to abandon them. Because these are the qualities which prevent samadhi from arising. And when samadhi doesn't come up, our sati, our mindfulness, isn't strong. And we don't have wisdom. We won't be able to see clearly. We won't be able to solve the suffering that we experience. Because all people have this dukkha. We all have discontent. We all suffer. If it's a child, they have this discontent of a child. A student has the discontent of a student. Someone working has the discontent of someone working. Those who have a lot, those who have a little, they suffer just the same. So to conclude, then all people, all minds born into this world, they all experience this suffering. Because that suffering, it has a cause. And likewise with happiness that we feel in our hearts. The happiness that we receive from gaining things, from receiving uh, praise and status and pleasure, that has its causes and conditions to arise as well. And the suffering too arises due to causes and conditions. But that happiness, if we cling to it, it becomes a cause for suffering to arise, a cause for us to not experience peace. So we need to try to develop our minds so that wisdom arises within them. And for that we need samadhi, which is there with our meditation object, be it buddho, dhammo, sangho, or watching the breath as it rises and falls. But sometimes, some people, um, they try to focus too much, and we should avoid that. Sometimes the mind is running about, it's thinking without stop, and so we try to just force the mind to stay, try to focus really hard in order to stop this thinking, but we're not able to do that because those thoughts are not under our control. Really what's uh, controlling them is the defilements. And so we tell the mind what to do, but the mind doesn't believe, it doesn't follow our instructions. So we need to train it. It's just like catching a wild elephant. And if we expect to put that wild elephant to work immediately, for it to act in ways that we want it to, well, that's just not going to happen. So when the mind is proliferating a lot, and it has a lot of strength to it, 
And we should just be aware, following up on those thoughts, knowing what's happening. And if we only try to fight with it, and there's a lot of tension there, then stress will arise. But as the mind is thinking, then we follow up, we know what it's thinking about, and teach our hearts along with that, telling ourselves, this is not sure, this is something that's inconstant. If we like something a lot, it's not sure, it's inconstant. If we dislike something, it's not sure, it's inconstant. We tell ourselves this, training in this way, putting our effort in, in this way. And this effort is significant because that is which frees us from suffering, that we're able to gain freedom from suffering due to effort. And if we know this path of practice already, but we don't put in our effort, then we're not going to be able to succeed in it. We know that path, but we don't walk it till the end, then we're not going to reach the end. So sila samadhi panya, it's virtue, collectedness, wisdom, this is the path. But if we don't put that into practice, then we're not going to get to the end of it. We're not going to see the Dhamma. So we set our hearts on this. And even though it can be a bit difficult, a bit arduous sometimes, we tell ourselves that this life is not sure. The things of the future, we don't really know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to arise. That's not sure. So we should just stay here in this present moment, being aware of the Dhammas here in this present moment, having mindfulness, having wisdom here. And this is the path that takes us out of suffering, seeing arising and ceasing here in this present moment. And when we do that, the mind will become peaceful, and then it will become empty, and wisdom will be there. So we have this wisdom, we have effort, looking after our minds well, ensuring that uh, skillful qualities arise within them. Those skillful qualities that have yet to arise, we put effort into their coming up. Those that have arisen already, then we nurture them, we look after them. And this is our means of effort. This is the samapatana, the four samapatanas, the four right efforts of abandoning all the efforts uh, for any kind of evil, unskillful qualities that have yet to arise, to not allow them to arise. Those that have arisen already, then we abandon them. And then we put effort into giving rise to skillful qualities generosity, virtue, mental cultivation. And those that have arisen already, we look after them, we nurture them. And this taking care of these skillful qualities, this is also something that's quite difficult to do. But it's not above our ability, it's not above our spiritual virtues that we have, if we put in our effort. Because if we carry on trying, then this becomes a trait that we have becomes a characteristic of us. Is there anything that we do frequently that becomes easy to do? But if it's something we've never done before, then it's hard. But if we see the benefits of that activity, the benefits of training in mindfulness, samadhi and wisdom, 
and we see how they truly do give us benefit, then we can put in our effort without becoming fed up with it. Because we see that all external projects, all external work, they never really get done. They're never finished in this world. That before we were born, there were many people who um, tried, who built many things. In our generation, people are building up the world. And the future generations will also build up the world. But it never gets finished. So from the time of the Buddha till this present day, it's been like that the whole way. But if we see the drawbacks in the mind which is stirred up and chaotic, and we see how even though we may do a lot of external work, and maybe we gain many things from that, we should also be aware that there are that alongside that we're also wasting things, that we're losing something. And what we're losing is time. And there were some wise people who said that even though we may get a lot in this world, these worldly dhammas of gain and praise and status and pleasure, but what gets lost is time. And that time gets used up. But if we take the time that we have and use that to train our minds in order to seek out the truth, in order to find what it is that the Buddha taught and following his teachings, and what that is, is having genuine love for ourselves. That we're training ourselves training these minds, and the mind which is well trained gives us happiness. So we train these minds which take things as being self, and take them to see how they're actually not self. And when we do that, then the skillfulness has reached completion. So we develop this quality of samadhi until that becomes a faculty until this becomes something that is in charge and it's more significant than the other qualities. It becomes firmly established in our hearts. And the mind which previously was scattered and unsettled, which has a lot of doubts, that through samadhi these can disappear temporarily. The peace comes up, this joy fills up the heart, and this is samadhi dhamma. And it can give us great assistance in our practice. So when we have good virtue, when we put in our efforts, the mind comes to peace, then we use that to contemplate. And this body, which we've heard about already, how it's just a collection of cells coming together, but those cells also deteriorate. However, they're replaced constantly with new cells. And these cells, they also need their source of nourishment as well. And this comes from the food that we eat, the rice, the meats, the vegetables. Um, these help to feed this fire element which digests the food. And then the vitamins and minerals there in the food, these nourish the cells in the body. 
But those cells also have to go according to causes and conditions and time and our age. And even though we may wish for many things from this body, we should see that it's also very, it's a very temporary thing. And we're expecting something from the body, it's like leaning against a tree which is rotten. And so these things are not sure. It's like today, we can all gather together, meet one another. But as for the future, that's not sure. It's for tomorrow, it's not sure. So for the monks, the laity, we need to accept this as being normal. And then we contemplate. And this contemplation here is Dhamma Vijaya or Vimangsa. It's the wisdom aspect, seeing into the nature of physical and mental things as being changing and stressful and not-self, seeing with wisdom. And here this wisdom uh, becomes the one that's in charge, it becomes one of these faculties. And when it's in charge, then delusion can't arise. And that wisdom then is quashing this delusion. And when it gains strength to it, when it gains energy, then all of these dhammas come together right here. So we can be aware in this present moment is the wisdom here, is the effort, is samadhi, are well established. We know that. But it's not necessary to separate these things out a lot. Because if we do that, it's possible for it to just be memory or perception that we're using. That we're just comparing things through our memory. But rather what we do is focus on the practice instead. So it's not necessary to read a lot. And this is what Ajahn Chah said. You shouldn't read a lot of books, but rather read your heart instead. And um, if, we, if the mind isn't peaceful, then often people can read the scriptures and gain some inner ease through that. But if there's peace there in the mind, then there's no need to read a lot of books. We just recite Buddha a few times and the mind is peace. Just one time and there's joy that comes up. But if there's no peace there, then what we should do is practice a lot, develop this a lot. Because these qualities which afflict our hearts, these five hindrances, they're old friends that we have associated with for a long time now. And this delighting in sense pleasure or ill will, drowsiness, um, scatteredness, and skeptical doubt. These are things which are always present within our minds. When we become aware of a sensory experience, then there's liking or disliking towards that. And we need to train ourselves to have mindfulness in the present moment, seeing all the qualities that arise here in the present moment. And this is where wisdom arises, and through knowing things in time in this way, the state of Dhamma comes up clearly here. So we should understand that the one who taught the Dhamma to the people, to the public, so that they could gain an understanding of it, so that they could gain freedom from suffering, this is the owner of the Buddha-sasana, which is the fully self-awakened Buddha. And really he is the Dhamma, that the Buddha 
is there in the Dhamma. So whenever we have mindfulness, then right there we're close to the Buddha. When we have samadhi, when we have wisdom, then we're close to the Buddha. And when we see the true nature of all physical and mental things as being changing and stressful and not self, then right then we see the Buddha. And we see him in the present moment within our own hearts. So we should be confident that the Buddha is still here and he is here in the Dhamma. So we try to train these minds, bringing up effort constantly until we can experience that state which is free from suffering. And even studies, even work, or occupations, these require effort. And how much effort people put in, how much effort they have, whether it's a lot or a little, and that depends upon the barami that they have. And so too, for this effort to be freed from suffering, this too requires effort in this path, and there's no other way. And we don't need to seek out this path, because the Buddha has found it already, and we're very fortunate in that. So all we have to do is practice, and we set our hearts on that practice and do it without stopping. And if we dig into the ground, then eventually we will meet with water if we carry on digging without stopping. And so when we practice <coughs> without stopping, then Ajahn Chah said that we'll have to see the Dhamma. We'll have to attain to the Dhamma. And so may all of you set your hearts on this.